Welcome everybody to another MassCast. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm with my buddy Wyatt. Here I am at Mask Headquarters. <laughs> he is the DJ Jazzy Jeff to my Fresh Prince. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a Twitter thing today. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us for our second episode as we break down the Star Chariot. First, I wanted to get into how you guys can reach us, especially for our iTunes listeners who might not be on Twitter or Facebook. So we wanted to give you our blog address. That's right. It's Mobile Armored Strike Command Movie, all one word, command with a K, dot blogspot.com. Or if you just go on to Google and run a search for Mask Movie, you should be able to find us pretty easily. Right. I think last week I saw that we were one of the top five search links yeah when you're searching mask yeah yeah we're right up there um you can find us on facebook at mask the movie you can also find us on google plus if that's your thing you can search mask the movie there or if you're on twitter it's at mask movie one other thing i wanted to pass along was a few production credits i go online a lot to pull the screen caps the the pictures from the episode and everything from a page called frankshemanpage.net. And obviously he has a lot more than just He-Man because I pull a lot of mask stuff on there. But he's got a lot of screen caps on there. And I pull those off and, and use them quite frequently. So thank you to Frank. And then a quick uh, note on our songs that we use for the mask cast. The main theme is by a group called Video Micro. And they're actually out of Oslo, Norway. They've posted that up on their MySpace page. If you go to MySpace backslash video micro, uh, they have also have a Jason the Wheeled Warriors cover tune that's really good. But their cover of the mass theme I thought was really great, and we used that for a mass cast. And then also the hip-hop remix, which I was really excited to find. That is by DJ T, T-E-E, and he's got a YouTube channel. DJ T Beats, where he has a ton of 80s cartoons that he has dropped a beat to. He-Man, Silverhawks, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Voltron. There's a there's a bunch out there. Nice. And I thought they were really good. So uh, thank you to DJ T for uh, providing the hip-hop remix that we've been using. So that's all for the production credits. And you ready to get going? I am. Let's start the mask cast. The desert is tired today, dog. Like you, he is hot and his breath moves slow. All right, so this week's plot is based off a the title uh, Star Chariot, and it's quite an intriguing little story. Basically, Venom's after this alien spaceship that's called Star Chariot. If you ever want to see another sunset, you'll hand over your half of the Emerald Arrowhead. I I don't know what you're talking about. We'll see about that. Of course, they get entangled with Mask, and of course, Mask saves the day. We noticed that the, a lot of the scenes uh, were not as great as episode one. At least I noticed a few little choppy areas, and I saw in the comments that one of our uh, fans had noticed a few of the same things um but nonetheless yeah. we have venom chasing 
this Native American snow eagle into the desert. They're searching for a half emerald arrowhead. The arrowhead has never been seen since. You better tell us where it is, Chief Snow Eagle, or you'll find there is a snake deadlier than a rattler. Whip on. Oh! I. I passed it on to my grandson. Please, don't hurt him. Which is used to locate the star chariot, which turns out to be a UFO, and uh, Miles is looking to take the engines off this thing, or, or hyperdrives, or whatever it was. I, I don't remember the exact phrase. and To power a new line of uh, Venom vehicles, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, in that respect, he's going to start his own Miles automobile <laughs> group or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting that right out of the gate, well, episode two, that they get into the supernatural yeah. uh, aspect of it. I think I posted up earlier this week on Facebook that I found it eerily similar to the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull plot where they, uh, <laughs> they're they going after the aliens and they... You know, there's the alien spaceship there at the end, and yeah. that kind of adventure style. But uh, yeah, I did notice those same couple flaws in there. I also caught a little effect glitch when Spectrum, toward the beginning, Spectrum uh, or Matt Matt turns on Spectrum hand glider the first time to land on Switchblade. You don't see the special effects, but afterwards you see the special effects when he's flying and floating around. I didn't buy too much into the no. into the glitches. Uh, I mean, I thought the story was well done. Yes. And we got to see the girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our beautiful masked babes. Yes, Vanessa and Gloria. That's right. So, yeah. So, we get into... Uh, they go after these older Native American gentlemen. They try to get this uh, other piece from him. He doesn't have it. They find out. So, he shows up on Matt's door asking for help. And, of course, Matt obliges, as he always does. And then uh, we get Matt calling out the team. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. What we didn't mention last week was kind of the calling of all the agents. And what kind of came to my mind was, what, what's your favorite alter ego of the agents? <laughs> you know, we have, uh, we have Dusty, who's the pizzeria guy. We have Alex, who is... The veterinarian, I guess you would say. Right. Bruce, who's the techie, and Gloria, the race car driver, Brad, the rock star. Who's your favorite out of all those? Wow. Well, as much as I'd like to be the billionaire, like Matt Packer <laughs> seems to be, honestly, I'd equate myself more along with uh, Bruce because I'm a techie kind of person. I, uh, I enjoy building sound systems and, and working on cars and stuff like that. Well, I think my uh, favorite uh, alter ego of the mass characters would probably have to be Brad, since I'm a big music person. Uh, See that. Although, <laughs> although I probably wouldn't last too long in the band, and I'm not sure how long he should have lasted anyway if he's like cutting out in the middle of songs. That's right. <laughs> but the fun- I think the funniest one to me is... Uh, is Alex because it seems he's always got a different animal or something he's doing. Yeah. The one time he's got that uh, snake that he like he has some snake and he 
puts it on another guy's shoulders and then books it out of there, you know? Right, then he has a rat and <laughs> right. a rabbit, yeah. something else. This time he was uh, he was washing the dog and left the dog there to shake off. Right. Well, I noticed but, uh, on that same line they're thinking there, I noticed how Dusty was uh, in the middle of making his pizza and shoves it in the oven. Yeah, it just takes off. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that thing ain't on. <laughs> And the uh, and the Bruce Pogo stick, I love that. That one. was awesome. Or how you how Gloria is driving. Here's another. She's one. driving her car. Well, that's the thing. If you look at it though, here's 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 the other glitch. That's the other glitch I caught. Gloria is is driving sharp. That's the paint job in one scene. When she goes to the next scene, right, right. the paint job changes, and then right. I don't. I've yet to get why you would abandon your car at an intersection when you need to go to. <laughs> Big right. job. Um, it doesn't make sense. You know, one and one don't equal two here. So, yeah, I gotta hurry up and get to uh, Tracker Oil, but uh, I'm just gonna leave my car in the middle of an intersection. Unless and there's run like a it. secret telephone booth, you know, portal <laughs> yeah. thing like Matt Tracker, <laughs> we don't know about. But anyway, oh well, that was uh, yeah, that was pretty comical in this this episode. Yeah, but uh. Let's get back to the this episode. Um, I think we're assembling Mask, and then we get to the point where Scott and the small little uh, Native American boy are fishing. Right. And then he uh, gives him the, the emerald for a day. I want to show my friendship. It's so beautiful. It's a tradition in my tribe, between friends. You can wear it until the setting sun. Wow, thanks. And I'll take good care of it. I guess that's part of his culture. I think that's what he says. Right. And then uh, and then Venom, I'm trying to remember how they get back on the scene. I don't know if it's if they track him somehow or... Yeah. Or, or does the... Uh, maybe it's the... Uh, the older guy that when they confront him at the, at the beginning, he tells them... He tells them that his, his son has it, but coming up to the scene, up to the lake, I mean, how do you track it unless uh, yeah. unless Miles had something in Switchblade that you know tracked the, uh, the Emerald somehow? But right. nonetheless, here's Miles and, and Venom showing up on the scene and... It's the Indian boy, all right. That arrowhead will lead me to the biggest prize of all, the Star Chariot. Move in. Of course, just in the nick of time, here comes uh, Thunderhawk and the rest of the mass team hopping over, you know, hopping over a. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's because uh, T. Bob sent out the emergency frequency. Right. Remember, which wasn't in episode one, but all of a sudden it said in episode two. Exactly. That was the exactly. upgrade they must have needed or something. I don't know. <laughs> so Mass gets on the scene and. One thing I noticed about this episode compared to last is you get to see a lot of lot more of the mask capabilities from right, everybody. Right. And of course, you mentioned earlier about Spectrum's uh, hang glider. What is it? Yes, the hang glider, where Matt jumps out of Thunderhawk and onto Switchblade, and then uh, from Switchblade down to the ground. Spectrum hang glider on. Right. And then, what happens to Thunderhawk? 
<laughs> did, did you ever think of that one? I thought of that one he, when he's on the ground and he's helping them with the That's right. trying to get away from the fire. I'm oh. like, okay, so he just left Thunderhawk just still flying around in the air somewhere. Right. And it was on autopilot. He did say that. <laughs> well, true. true. So I don't know if it's like Kit you know, from Knight Rider <laughs> that knows to land itself, or is it just, like you said, is it just doing loop-de-loos until further notice? Who knows? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. but that was cool that we get to see spectrum in many different ways and in this episode we get to see you know gloria use the aura mask i think she uses it one time to shoot something out and stop whip and then she uses that later what we'll get to where she uses as like a shield uh to protect them from the rolling logs yeah the cement rolling pins or something yeah right but uh all right so uh Venom comes on the scene and they grab Scott. Then the uh, the fire breaks out, and Matt has to come in and save the boy. While Gator is uh, dousing like one area of the fire out. Right. We can't get through the flames. They're too high. Not from me. Right. Which that's another quirky question. How does the Gator boat get back into the Jeep chassis? I, you know, I've never thought of that. <laughs> they don't really, they don't really ever show it. That's I don't right. think. Does it jump back out of the water and like come somehow connect? <laughs> Is there a winch hooked up? The nose of the jeep has to be like like a, a good point loading dock. But anyway, that's for another debate. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that one. So, uh, so after the fire, so, they uh, yeah. So after the fire, they go after uh, they they track Venom back to their. So that little uh, cave or right. hiding spot for that UFO. Right, and they have that funky little compass thing. They put the emeralds together, and it points them to this place on the map where the star chariot is. Right. Let me go! Let me go! Shut up. At last! It's taken me ten years to find the other half of the arrowhead. According to the symbols on this ancient Indian tapestry, the emerald arrowhead will point the way to the Star Chariot, an alien spacecraft buried beneath the desert a thousand years ago. And the Venom's getting ready to, of course, take it and use it to rule the world, as Miles always says. Right. And and here comes Mass to save the day. Right, they're tracking him, and they set up that trap where uh, Alex, like, he parks Rhino in the middle of the road, and he's kind of flat on his face. And then... uh, Shark comes up and does some something funky with the parking light laser beams or something and ends up dropping right. poor Mile Mayhem's drawers. I thought that was actually a little gentle humor, comical humor. What was it? Uh, I think it was Bruce that did it or something. I can't remember exactly how it happened. Sure, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he loses his, his drawers and then he, uh, then he threatens him, you know, we don't want anything to happen to this boy. Roll off your attack. I wouldn't want that fine young boy to get hurt. Don't worry about me. Blast them. So they take off, and then uh, they still track him, though, because they get to the door, they open the door, and then all of a sudden, Mask is right there, yep. and they get Scott back. Right. Well, they get Scott back, but they re- remember that he got pinned or something against that cement roller. So you see Matt, 
you know, here's where I thought was really actually cool with the episode. That there was actually a good drama here. We'll be crushed! Don't give up so easily, fool! Sniper, fire! probably wasn't emphasized enough because of the short you know 23 minute or whatever episode yeah. but um you see matt panics oh scott team up and then right near the end as they battle and win the battle there with venom all of a sudden here comes scott and t-bob walking out of the spaceship right right yeah they set off those the booby trap right. i think there's, uh, there's laser light booby traps Right. Miles saves him with his mask, and then they come rolling and supposedly get crushed. Right. And uh, it's funny that they didn't kind of, like, run up to that spot. They just kind of stood there, and Alex is like, well, it's too late, you know? Right. He's the <laughs> like, realist right there. Right. Nothing you can do, Matt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so Venom, they get in the Star Chariot, and Mayhem... Meddles around with something and shoots a weapon to open a, open up the wall. Right. And then here comes Bruce with Rhino and uses the uh, bright light beam. Right. To uh, to blind them, right. which apparently was just enough for them just to want to get the heck out of there. Uh, so they retreat. They hop out of the ship. Matt comes up and. He's like, oh, no, you don't. I'm going to put you guys behind bars, you know. And then uh, Miles pulls out his uh, trusty old remote control. Switchblade, yeah, switchblade remote. And here comes Switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, though. The The rest of the Venom characters are all hanging on the landing skids trying to stay on. <laughs> right. That's safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of times where I, there's some issues where the vehicles aren't doesn't seem to be like the, well, the last episode where it was hit in that small little ufo to snag the meteor it just didn't seem the logistics were there right. but so venom escapes and then we have uh mask wondering what to do with the spaceship and then all of a sudden, it comes to life, and boom, it's out of there. And what happens when Venom decides to come back and try for it again? I do hope that answers your question, dusty old chap. Right. And that solves that problem. That's right. And, uh, and that pretty much wraps up the episode, right? Except for the uh, PSA at the end, right? With Alex warning not to pet those strange dogs. That's right. You just don't know what they might do <laughs> because they think you're a stranger too. That's right. Hey, look at the great dog! Come on, pal. Let me pet you. Careful, Scott. You know that dog? No, but he's so friendly. You have to be careful. He could bite. Remember, you're a stranger to him, too. 
All right, so uh, let's talk about the rating. What would you rate this episode? Well, I'd have to go with a four, uh, mainly being with a little bit of the glitches uh, that were there in the episode. You know, you see Buddy Hawks, you see Gloria driving Shark one moment, then it's a whole different paint, different paint job, and then she just abandons the car. I realize it's a cartoon and it was made for kids, but at I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give it a four. It just didn't make sense there. Otherwise, it was a good episode. I liked the drama uh, there, especially with uh, Scott and T-Bob potentially being crushed. So that was pretty cool. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm along that same line. I was it, it had the potential there, I think, to be great. And, you know, obviously I was glad to see some new characters introduced. I, I'm I'm probably going to give it a four as well. It was uh, there was uh, you know the, those few things that just kind of stuck out. You know what I mean? If if it would have wouldn't have been so obvious on some of those things, and the story would have kind of flowed a little bit better. I don't mind the supernatural, right? You know, part of it. It's I, I, I like the mystical and the uh, and the unknown kind of. So, and I didn't think that it was too too much of a stretch to, you know, basically what they did in Indiana Jones, you know, get this knowledge to do whatever you can with it from these supreme beings, you know. So, I would say, yeah, let's, uh, I'll, I'll give that one a four as well and agree with you. One of these times we're not going to agree and we're going to have a really good episode. <laughs> yeah, great episode and it might be a very long episode, us bickering back and forth. <laughs> So looking at the weekly poll, we are up to 14 votes so far. Uh, half of those are for a five, uh, which we classify as a great episode, one of the signature episodes. And then another five of those votes were for four, which was a good episode. So And then just two for three. So we didn't have anybody that thought this was cheesy or awful. That's good. Um, I think that's that's pretty much... What we were, uh, what we were going for. All right. What about some uh, some feedback? Sure. Let's see. We got uh, BW Media. They wrote. Now that's how you pull Scott into a mask adventure. There were a few points where I thought they could have put a little more emotion into a line, but otherwise, a good episode. Plenty of action, strategy, and the introduction of the female characters that wouldn't get toys until later in the in the line. I do wonder how the aliens picked up Scott and T-Bob without anybody noticing, took them all the way to their planet, repaired T-Bob while healing Scott, and brought them to the chariot in such a short amount of time. And how did they know to? Were they monitoring the star chariot all this time? I know the series like to, likes to follow around mysterious, mysterious relics most of the time, which was part of what made the show interesting. And I hope you remembered in your movie script, but there are a lot more questions about this one than many of the others I recall from the series. And I would tend to agree with that. I mean, uh, we did kind of get a little bit mystical, right? I would say. I mean, we we revealed last week that uh, there is a meteorite hit at the beginning of the movie, um, which we won't get too much into what this meteorite is or whatever, but we will say it's... Uh, it's it's got that kind of mystical edge to it. And we got a another comment from Anna. 
Many of the mask episodes focus on ancient treasures, and this is one of the better of the treasure hunting episodes. Searching for an ancient spaceship that landed on Earth a thousand years ago is interesting enough, and it's easy to, easy to understand that Venom would be interested in his technology. The best moment of the episode is, however, when Matt thinks that Scott is dead and his reaction in anger toward mayhem. We never see a character die in the series, but here we get to see what their reactions would have been like if that had actually happened. And that's a pretty good point, too. And our next commenter, which um, if you guys are commenting, just leave your name uh, at the beginning or the end of your post because sometimes they don't always come in. Right. Uh, The next comment was, the one thing that sticks out every time I see this episode is Matt's reaction to Scott's death. Yes, he's leader of the team and held to higher standards, but any normal person would lose it emotionally at the thought of losing their only son. I think this shows a different side of Matt as in having problems with expressing his own emotions and maybe being in the position he feels he is in that he can't ever show it. Let's be honest, he never gets overly angry with Scott every time he manages to interfere with the mission. Maybe that's his weakness. And then our last comment, I thought this was a fantastic episode, however, I gave it four because it had a couple of issues with it. First, there was a couple of animation errors. When Matt calls in the team, look at the monitor very closely. When the computer summons an agent, a different person will be shown very briefly. Also, watch Scott's clothes beginning at the 404 mark, as it will change a different outfit. However, judging by the... And then he goes on to say, uh, judging by some other reviews, that there were shows after Matt's that were worse, so it's not a big deal. Second, I can't buy into the whole getting abducted by UFOs and get brought back to life thing. As I thought it just didn't make sense. I felt like this part would have been more entertaining if Mayhem sat on Scott and the spirit of the star chariot healed him of any injuries instead of what we saw. But that's just me. And then he says, love the show. We'll definitely keep track of this. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Thanks for that post from uh, Duo TN. I guess that means Tennessee. Maybe. So we had four commenters. We appreciate those. Oh, yes. And uh, you can still go on and vote in the poll. I'll, I've been going back and, and posting the results in the previous uh, post. So uh, and you can still go in and comment if you want to as well after hearing uh, our show and reacting to it. Right. And uh, we wanted to move on to what this episode ties into our script. Um, one of the other features that we implemented is you see uh, the x-ray vision there that Viper has, except it's not Viper that has it on our movie. Uh, we actually gave it to Matt. Right. Yeah, that part where he scans the... Uh, the Native American oh, snow eagle. Right. right. At the beginning, he's looking for the the uh, emerald. So, yeah, we have that kind of capabilities in our masks. Right. Some of the other things that our fans have been concerned about is character traits, as well as the vehicles, and how true to the to the TV show it was. And uh, we're here to tell you that we will fight to keep the characters true. Uh, We wrote it into the script that way, so you will hear Bruce's proverbial phrases time and time throughout the movie. You'll hear Alex's tally-ho. You'll hear Dusty's country twang. I mean, he's southern in in the show. Uh, we even threw in 
T-Bob's little glitches. Uh, but that's kind of a surprise in the movie as well. So, yeah, I think we've kind of mentioned this before, maybe in the very first podcast we did uh, about the, the kind of origin of how this all began. But we we mainly based the movie off the cartoon. That was kind of our Bible, so to speak. Not so much the the comics or the toy line or, or anything like that. But we were very close to to the cartoon. Right. Right, and we, in fact, I recommend if anybody's new to our to our website, uh, to our blog, to go through our and listen to our first podcast. It t- reveals quite a bit about us, the passion for mask, uh, where we got our ideas, and so forth. And it's not very long. I think it's I think it's under forty minutes, um, and you can find it on the Mixcloud site only. Um, they're just we don't have enough space due to budgetary concerns to keep it up on uh, Buzzsprout and up on iTunes. But if you're interested in hearing that, go to our Mixcloud page, and you can easily find that. If you find our Facebook page, there's a tab over to the left for the podcast, and that'll take you to the Mixcloud site. Right. So I think that's about it, buddy. You got anything else? That's about it. Yeah. Well, next week we have... Episode 3, The Book of Power. Ooh, spellbounding. I wonder if this movie, since this one, the second episode, was kind of like Indiana Jones, I wonder if this one's going to be like National Treasure Book of Secrets. Could be. I guess we'll find out. Maybe all these movies are stealing, like, mask plots. I mean, maybe there's some conspiracy that we're going to uncover. It could be. (laughs) Just never know. (laughs) Well, the the plot for the next one is... Venom steals an ancient book which holds the secrets of mythological city of riches, which kind of sounds like National Treasure 2. Sounds like it. Yeah, we will find out, and we'll be right here to break it all down for you. That's right. So on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. We'll catch you next week on Mascast.